Hey, good morning, North Point. My name is Wade. I'm one of the pastors at Rock Point Church, one of your sister churches here in Calgary. And it is great to be with you this morning. I wish I could be with you in person and all of us gathering together to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. But we're going to make the best of it by doing it this way today. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 24? We're going to be reading verses 1 to 12. If you have a Bible, again, Luke 24, 1 to 12. If you just want to follow along, you can follow on the screen beside me. Let's look into God's Word together on this wonderful Easter Sunday morning. Luke 24, starting in verse 1, says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. You know, every so often, you come across a story in which someone has completely defied the odds. A number of years ago now, there was a man named Lee Caps that did something many thought was pretty much impossible. You see, Mr. Caps was invited to go on an airplane ride with a pilot friend of his. So they took off in a small private aircraft. In fact, it was a float plane taking off the water. And then when they got up to cruising altitude, his pilot friend tragically had a massive heart attack and died. Now, Lee Caps had never flown before. He had no idea what to do. So he moved his friend off the controls, grabbed the microphone, and cried for help. There was an air traffic controller in the area, and he said, Okay, Mr. Caps, I understand that you're having a problem here. Good news for you. I also happen to be a flight instructor. Would you be happen to be interested in a lesson right about now? And being otherwise unoccupied, Lee Cap said, tell me everything you know. And so the air traffic controller gave him a few basics of what to do to keep the airplane in control and talked him through some basic maneuvers. And then, finally, the air traffic controller said, Lee, you're going to have to try to land this thing. It's your only hope. And so he started talking him into coming down to a landing. And the first time Lee Caps tried to land on the water but could not manage that. So Lee lined up the plane again and headed toward the landing strip. It was not a very graceful approach, as you can imagine. Probably looked like an intoxicated bird coming down out of the sky. The landing was anything but smooth. But Lee Caps miraculously landed the plane and walked away with only minor injuries. Afterwards, of course, the media and the press get wind of the story and they ask the air traffic controller whether he thought an untrained person like Lee Caps really had any shot at all of landing that plane and walking away unharmed. 
when the air traffic controller looked at the guy in the press and he said, I knew it was a long shot. And today, Lee Caps has defied the odds. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but there are lots of people who are odds makers by profession. People who do life insurance or maybe casino operators and owners, maybe stockbrokers to some extent. There are people that make their living sorting out the sure shots from the long shots. People who specialize in figuring out the odds and advising others where to place their investments. You could say where to place their faith. And a lot of times, the odd makers are right. Tight formulas, precedents set by past situations, or just having that sense about how life works and betting on the sure thing. No question, there are many things in life that roll out just as predicted. But then, you know, every so often, someone defies the odds and does something truly remarkable. I think the odd makers would have been wrong about Lee Caps. He defied the odds that day, years ago. No way he should have been able to land that plane, but somehow he did. <clears throat> and the reality is that if you were a betting person in Jesus' day, you would have placed a lot of money on the odds of Jesus staying dead. I mean, to witness the events of Good Friday and think anything else other than Jesus remaining dead, you'd have, actually have to be crazy. I mean, think about what we've reflected on this weekend, even through Good Friday. Imagine witnessing what Jesus went through on that day. You would watch him be tortured. You would watch him be crucified. You would witness the, his side being stabbed with the spear. You would watch him and listen to him as he cried out his last breath and gave up his spirit. Or then on Holy Saturday to see the body of Jesus taken down from the cross and placed in a tomb. And then a large stone rolled in front of the tomb. I mean, people don't recover quickly from that kind of thing. We all know that, right? And in all of human history, no one had been crucified, pronounced dead, and buried in a tomb, only to emerge alive again. The odds were squarely against the resurrection ever happening. I mean, look at the encounter in the text. Between the angels at the tomb and the women, they say to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? <clears throat> he is not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Now you can look back through the Gospels, and there's a number of occasions where Jesus tells his followers about the kind of death that he's going to die, and that he will rise again. And almost every time the Bible says that the disciples have no idea what Jesus is talking about. They didn't understand. Why? Because that sort of thing just doesn't happen. You don't go through a crucifixion. You don't go through that kind of torture and suffering and get placed in a tomb only to live again. I mean, this is in the book of Mark. It records that Jesus says to his disciples, he says, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, but after three days he will rise. And it says that the, that the disciples did not understand what Jesus meant and were afraid to ask him about it. You know, I just imagine those first followers of Jesus hearing him talk like that and kind of looking at one another and wondering, like, is Jesus doing the parable thing again? Is he making a metaphor about something? You go ask him what he means. No, you go. I don't want to bring it up. No one wants to get the straight goods right from Jesus because no one wants to look like the idiot 
that actually believes Jesus is going to rise from the dead. The odds are against the resurrection ever happening, and even those closest to him couldn't believe that it would actually occur. So the women were looking into an empty tomb and realized that Jesus had pulled off the very thing that he said he would. He actually did it. He had risen to life. And so they ran to tell the 11 apostles, those closest followers of Jesus, and report what they've seen. And as we read in the scriptures, it says, But the apostles didn't believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense to them. I mean, that is so brilliant, honestly. If, there, if this isn't a perfect snapshot of like male-female communication throughout the ages, it is right here. This is it. The women actually see something. They witness that the, that the tomb is empty and that Jesus is risen. They have the testimony of these angels. And they go and tell them, the men, we believe Jesus is alive. What's the men's response? What do you mean the tomb is empty? Yeah, we know that Jesus said that he would rise again, but seriously, are you sure you just aren't imagining things? How do you know what you've seen is true? Now, while this stimulating conversation was happening between the men and the women, Peter decided to run over to the tomb and have a look for himself. He arrived, he looked inside, saw the burial clothes with no body in them, and left, wondering to himself what had happened. Because it can't possibly be true what Jesus said would happen. And there's no way that the women are right. So I'll just need to think about this for a while and maybe come up with some sort of sensible explanation. And yet, in the days that followed, it would become undeniably clear exactly what had happened. Yes, Jesus had been beaten and tortured. Yes, he had been spit on and a crown of thorns was placed on his head. Yes, he was crucified on a cross and died a horrible death. He was buried in a tomb and a stone was placed at the entrance. Yes, there was pain and despair that seemed to consume all hope. But then, against all odds, unexpectedly, Jesus broke through the darkness and overcame the power of sin. He triumphed over death by rising again to life and forever opening the way of relationship between people and God. Yeah, everyone was betting against Jesus, but, you know, Jesus never has never cared about what people say is unlikely or is impossible. Jesus is the God who always keeps his word, and if he says that he's going to rise from the dead, then you can bet your life on the fact that it's going to happen. Think about this with me. Have you ever wondered why the stone was rolled away from the entrance to the tomb? You know, I always grew up thinking that the stone was rolled away so that Jesus could what? Right? So that Jesus could get out of the tomb. And that kind of makes sense. It's like they didn't have garage door openers, so they had angels who would roll things away so that Jesus could walk out of the tomb. And that's kind of what made sense to me. But that makes absolutely no sense to me now. There is no rock on this planet that could contain the resurrected Jesus. In fact, in Matthew's account, it's very clear that Jesus rose from the dead was no longer in the tomb, and then the stone was rolled away. You see, the stone was rolled away. The stone was not rolled away, sorry, for Jesus to get out. It was rolled away so that people could go in and see that he's not there. He wasn't stuck behind the, the stone in the tomb. He had already been resurrected and was raised to new life. The stone was rolled away so that people like the apostles and those women, could go and look for themselves and be witnesses of the fact 
that that which was completely unexpected had actually happened. The tomb was open so that there would be witnesses to the most unbelievable, history-altering, life-transforming truth that anyone could ever encounter. Jesus had really done it. He had defeated sin and death. It's the message that we can be forgiven and free, that Jesus did it, and that Jesus can overcome anything in bringing you into his love and extending his mercy and grace to you. We can know that if he can overcome sin and death and emerge from the tomb alive, that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God today. If death itself can't hold him, then nothing else could. The empty tomb where a crucified Messiah had been placed that was opened, not for him to get out, but for you and me to go in and discover that there is nothing, nothing, nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. That is the story of Easter. And this Easter Sunday, there are hundreds of millions of people bearing witness to the fact that there is an empty tomb in Israel that bears witness to the resurrection of Jesus. There were eyewitnesses to Jesus' resurrection who wrote down the, rec wrote down the record, and it's been preserved to this day in the Bible and the scriptures we just read. Beyond that, millions of people every year all over the world experience inner spiritual transformation when they begin to trust and follow in this risen Christ. And it continues to baffle people who think this whole deal about resurrection and Jesus being alive should have died out a long time ago, but it won't because it's really true. Because Jesus really is alive. He did what was completely unexpected and against all the odds. On this day and every day, we remember that Jesus is alive. He's still transforming lives. And because the tomb is empty, the offer that's open to every single one of us today is the offer to find peace with God, that the way of relationship has been opened, and now there is nothing that stands in the way of you being completely and utterly transformed from the inside out by the peace, mercy, and love of God. God bless you, North Point, as you continue in your Easter celebrations.